Hot damn Canes world. What's going on, man? It's your boy Romberg here with the Out the Huddle podcast. It's been a hot minute since we had our last discussion. A lot going down down here in South Florida, man. Old Romberg got his own radio show. He's back on air. He's doing his thing Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. Just kidding. That's a long-ass day for me. What am I thinking? 7 a.m. till 10 a.m., Monday through Friday on 1210. The man, you go ahead and take a peek at that thing, whether you're on YouTube Live, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. We got the podcast going down from that thing as well. It's uh, 1210 The Man. You can go ahead and take a peek at that, see what's going on. But uh, but more important, impressing matters. It's goddamn Florida State week, man. You know what goddamn week it is. I don't know why I keep saying goddamn, but I'm excited. I've been excited since Sunday morning when I woke up after these Canes got that victory over in Pittsburgh. And yes, yes, are we not able to get hard on offense? 100% correct. We are limp on offense. Some people say we got AIDS. Some people say we got HIV. Either way, whatever we're doing, it ain't working. Our rushing attack sucks. You know, it might have looked like there was a couple big runs right now by Harris that were pretty good. The fact that DJ was down. But really, if you look at the amount of yardage that he got, I think he only got about 60 yards by the end of that game. Our rushing offense is pretty putrid. It's, uh, I think we're ranked, to be honest with you, 114th in college football right now. I think that's out of 130 teams. So right now, our rush offense is pretty meek. And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that Enos, we're coming from behind, number one, and we're having to throw the football quite often. Uh, but 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 offensive coordinator Enos has been aborting that run game early and often, and I think a lot of it is due to the fact that our offensive line can't get shit going. And we had a good result offensive line-wise after that game against Pittsburgh. The fact that we only gave up two sacks, and I know we only gave up two sacks back in 2002 as an offensive line uh, for the season. For the season. Yeah, you heard me correctly. My offensive line back in the day only gave up two sacks for the whole year. And we're holding ahead and pounding this table excited about the fact we only gave up two sacks in a game, which is basically where we're at right now, man. That's, you know, that, that's an achievement. That's an accomplishment with our offensive line, what we got going on right now. Because we were going against, you know, one of the best and actually the best in college football when it comes to sacks and getting into the backfield and disrupting things for quarterbacks. Uh, University of Pittsburgh's defensive line, they had a couple monsters there. They had a defensive tackle who's a big boy, number 97, who played very, very well throughout the season. And our boy, Corey Gaynor. Corey Gaynor, for the most part, locked that dude down when he was going against him, creating that line of scrimmage, establishing it. And what I mean by that is, not giving ground on a pass rush. 97's a big, strong fella, man. Corey, Corey held his own. Sat there, developed and established the depth of the pocket. Just the guards and the, and the tackles around him, you know, had to, had to basically, you know, help him out and figure it out a little bit because, yeah, granted, and Kosey ran around like a chicken with his head cut off a little bit, a little bit. He avoided a couple sacks for us, which was nice, but it got to the point where, that third quarter that we had, there was just nothing going on. And you heard Manny talk about it post-press, about how the fact they needed a spark, they need something to ignite and create something with this team. And for about a quarter and a half, we had nothing, man. We had like dead feet. There was no excitement. We just kept giving the ball back. We weren't really gaining any yards. We weren't crossing the 50. We weren't, we weren't putting ourselves in an opportunity to go ahead and score some points. But back to our rush offense. We need more. 
we need to trust the run a little bit more because we got some defensive ends that like to scream up the field. It's Florida State, remember. These guys are always going to have defensive linemen, whether it's a nice three technique, a nose guard. In this case, there's a big fella, about 350 pounds, Marvin, that's in the front that Corey's going to have to go ahead and handle. He's going to have another tough weekend, enough enough work to go around this weekend for our offensive line. Uh, rushing the passer, defensive end-wise, they're not exactly werewolves, but they're good, man. They're good players. So this is where I would kind of look a little bit more towards the draw in the lead game. And when I'm talking about these two types of offensive plays, you tend to run these plays against defensive line that shoot up field, basically, and have penetration and have werewolves at defensive end who are jumping off the line of scrimmage. And I imagine... If I was a defensive coordinator and I was watching our offensive line game tape, you know, I wouldn't be nervous about our offensive line at all, to be honest with you. I, I would continue to coach that speed rush on the outside. I would, call, I would coach collapsing the pocket on the interior two fellas and, uh, and run some game work. I would allow it to go four against five all the time, and especially with us, you know. We're having to put running backs – Chipping, we are having to put tight ends, even extra linemen in the game at some point in time to go ahead and help our offensive line out. And, and that's just trying to keep us safe. And that really does limit our offensive playbook, to be honest with you. Everything trickles down, right? Everybody keeps pointing the finger at Enos and saying how his offense and his play calling sucks. But when you're only able to do so many things as a coordinator because of your players hampering and weighing your calling down. That's that's ultimately what's going on right now with these guys. So I would like to see the five on the four as opposed to putting six in or seven at the line of scrimmage to try to handle four or five guys, one of them being a linebacker on a blitz, you know? I'd like to get our running back out in the field as another option, as an outlet, and just go ahead and do five against four rushing. We should be, just by sheer numbers, we should be able to take care of ourselves if, that is, if our guys know what the hell they're doing. And that's the main focus. We had a couple former players, myself included, Brian McKinney, come out last week and, and, and basically question what was going on when it comes to the way that these kids are being coached and what they're being taught. I'm, I'm of the belief that coaches can only do so much. They can prepare you so much, and then it's up to you to go ahead and take that baton and go forward. McKinney seems to think that it's the coaching staff that is having an issue. I don't know what you guys out there are thinking. Uh, to me, when I watch a football game, it's like breaking down film, to be honest with you. So I'm not just watching where the ball goes. I'm watching every single thing that goes on that field. And for a lot of people that like try to break down plays and, and talk about them on social media, three quarters of the time they're getting it wrong anyway. So, you know, and I'm not into getting here to correct everybody. Everybody has their own observation of what's going on. And unless... You're in the meeting rooms with these guys. You really don't know. I know what a play is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be blocked like. But if a coach and a coordinator is telling certain players certain things because they're either hiding, masking, or embellishing the good and the bad of that player's abilities, we really don't know how they're supposed to block something or where the ball is supposed to go. You might have wide open routes that the kid has been hitting all week long. And then all of a sudden, you know, you might have Mallory coming over the middle. That might be wide open. But you can't see Mallory because Nkosi Perry's not that tall. And you're also dealing with a big offensive line that he can't see throwing lanes through. You know, that's just, that's just some of the some of the stuff that I'm noticing. 
you know? And I think that the fact that we've had less and less penalties these last few weeks, it shows me that these guys are making strides and discipline. You know, they're more concerned about the team and, and, and the outcome as opposed to some individual stat or highlight. That's, that's basically the way that I'm feeling. That's what, that, that's what those numbers, or for, for, for lack thereof, numbers and penalties and yardage, when you're not shooting yourself in the foot, I think things are starting to settle down a little bit. More discipline. More what Manny is trying to get across the board with this team. It's going to take time, guys. It's going to take time. So fans, I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you to wait four or five years. I'm just asking you to be somewhat patient with what the school is trying to accomplish. Again, we're trying to change a whole mindset of players that have been beat down mentally and physically and have been told that they suck by not only the fans or the media, but even coaches inside that building. You heard me correctly. A lot of our offensive line problems is due to the fact that a former offensive line coach was verbally abusive in the methods of trying to coach our young players. And again, me talking about being sensitive. We all know out there that I'm not sensitive. I could take just about any kind of tongue lashing you could think of. But when it comes to the modern day kid and the modern day football player who's been stroked his whole life and who's been told he's so good, all of a sudden is getting told that everything he's doing is wrong and he can't do anything right and he's a dummy. These kind of things weigh on the modern day mindset. And and I think the encouragement mixed in with some good coaching and some and some pep up teammate talk. I think that, you know, that it's going to make all the difference in the world when it comes to this program and changing the mindset and the mentality of what we're looking for. We're looking for championship goddamn football. I'll tell you what. We're so far removed from top 10 on anything. Anything you want to talk about with this program. Top 10 nothing, man. We're not ready for that yet. I'm just trying to win games and look good winning them. That, that, that's part of the first step in the battle to go ahead and regain that mentality. And we saw a small sample size as of late. Last week, Manny Diaz came out and talked about how the players only meeting might have shaped and molded and has been that first step when it comes to this team and how we're going to get moving forward becoming the chain link, not the chain itself. And even having a couple players get called out and not just regular players. I'm talking about the stars of this team, supposedly. You know, we had a mon on talking about Jeff Thomas being the best player on this team. I was told Jeff Thomas is a goddamn cancer for this team. Like an absolute cancer. Can't wait to get shipped on and shipped out of here. And my guess, if you're talking about the two players who got called out, I'm thinking Navon Donaldson or Jeff Thomas were the two that got called out. I've been calling out Navon Donaldson now for about a month. Ever since I watched his lazy ass practice and ultimately give up on me when I'm in practice, I know that's the same shit he's doing on the field during game day. I could see him lazy, overweight. If it meant something to him, he would accomplish it. He would get it done. I know Corey's chomping at the bit trying to get his guard right. It's the only star-studded spot we got on our offensive line is our guard is number 55, and he's continuously shitting the bed, man. He should be our, our voice of our team. Not Corey Gaynor, but Navon. And I'm tired of coming in every podcast and even on my radio show and complaining about you. 
and I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, man. But if you don't want to hear it anymore from the fans or the coaches or former players like myself, change it. This is on you, man. This is your, your, your eating habits, your conditioning habits, your time spent watching film. And I think that this player's only meeting, the call-out session, I guess it went an hour long. So it wasn't like they sat in there and gave hoorah speeches. They called each other out. They had a heart-to-heart. And we did that many times. And I think that's when the team starts running itself as opposed to waiting for a coach to tell you what you did wrong. You're more concerned about your teammate and your player and the guy beside you telling what you did wrong. So you're going to go ahead and give that extra effort because you don't want to upset him. You know, forget the coaches, man. F the coaches at this point in time. If it means something to you, it should mean something to the guy beside you. Take it upon yourself. Take it upon him. You put the responsibility on your back. Don't wait for some coach to tell you what you did right or wrong. You should know the minute that it happens what you did wrong and what you did right. That's just the way I feel, you know? I And, and, I'm, and I was kind of, I did need a week or two off from the podcast. I was tired of it, man. And I went back and I listened and I realized how negative it sounded. And I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want it to be negative when it came to my canes and my love for him. But you'd be goddamn out of your mind if I ain't going to come out with a podcast Florida State Week. You realize that I'm like sleeping with my helmet? You realize that I wake up every morning and put my helmet on and listen to that stupid Florida State song the same way we did back in the day? From the day we woke up on Sunday morning after we just whooped somebody's ass on Saturday for that Florida State Week, that stupid chop song was playing at full blast, everywhere and anywhere, in our locker room, in our meeting room, in our practice field, never-ending, most annoying song in the world, to the point where when you hear it, it's going to ignite something nasty in your mind. I promise you, man. Get something going. Get yourself going. They're actually doing something really special for a lot of the former players and, and boosters, I believe, at the U. And that sofa facility, the indoor, they're actually going to be having a game watch party this weekend. Booze, little beers, some burgers, dogs, some food, some grub. And, uh, and they're going to be putting up on that big, giant media TV in the indoor facility. They're going to be putting up the Florida State game. So that's going to be really cool, man. That's going to be a nice little event. Try to get some camaraderie back in to the mix. But I, I think it's going to end up being a, a somewhat venting session for some former players, to be honest with you trying to voice their opinion on what they see is wrong. And, you know, hopefully a lot of these messages that that us former players are trying to pass down through whatever outlet we might have in order to voice our opinion, I hope some of them get back to the staff and some of the staff is listening. I'm not saying you need to take notes, current coaches. And Mike Rumpf, one of them, you know what I mean? Mike Rumpf, he should know how we did it and how we want it done. He doesn't need to be told, you know what I mean? Like that, that's one of ours. Maybe the other coaches who weren't around, who didn't witness God's gift of football back in 2001, 2002, but, uh, but I feel like the message is pretty clear, you know, and I'm not asking you to go ahead and mold and conform your coaching to what we used to do because times change, things happen. But when it comes to maybe adding a little salt and pepper to this recipe that you call coaching, everything tastes better with spice. You know what I mean? Take something from us. Listen to us. We, we got a lot to say. Everybody has their own perspective on the way that things worked and why they worked. All the great coaches do it, man. They visit all the best programs throughout the country in the offseason, taking a little nugget here and there from their coaching tree. I just want success. That's all I want. 
I just want victories, man. And this weekend, I want blood. I want some goddamn blood this weekend. I want to see Shaq. I want to, Shaq, the reason why you came back was to get your name in the rafters, right? Get that All-American nod. This is the game to do it. This is the goddamn game to do it. Pink, I don't know if Pink's back or not. Pink, don't be sleeping, brother. You want to go ahead and get to the league and make a lot of money. I know you do. That's probably the main reason why you're playing football is because you want that money. This is the weekend to make it. It's kind of the best of both worlds when you look at it as a player. If you're that selfish, greedy Instagram whore that wants the likes and wants to go ahead and make a lot of bread, Florida State's your game. That's what the NFL scouts are going to – you think the NFL scouts are going to put in Duke? You think the NFL scouts are going to put in Virginia? Georgia Tech ain't putting in that shit. They're putting in Florida State, man. Florida and Florida State. Those are your two games. I hope you had good games. That's what the NFL scouts are going to look at, and they're going to take word from your position coaches on just about everything else. The eye in the sky never lies, man. So this is one of your opportunities and probably one of your only two opportunities to go ahead and make something special of yourself and help your future out. So act like a goddamn idiot out there. Burn your hair, man. Put that shit on fire. Knock a helmet off. Tackle somebody with your helmet off. Whatever you got to do, man, to stand out and ball. Offensive line, it ain't about that for you guys. You guys just need to be about as calm and as cool and collected as possible. That's how that thing works. Be a pest. Be nasty. Make these guys try to punch you as you're getting up off of them. Kick you. Allow them to be frustrated with how dominant you are. Between the whistles, man, running downfield, peeling people off of DJ, peeling people off of your wide receivers. Don't let anybody hold up KJ Osborne and hit him and get in a couple extra hot. No. Get downfield, man. Start making people terrified of you lingering around a pile. Nobody's going to want to stand around that pile if you're over there flying around and trying to knock somebody out. Listen up. I'm giving out free nuggets, man. If you need it, I'll give you some real nice coaching tips too. Corey, you're going against a fat slob this weekend. My guess is he's not in good shape as you are. My guess is he's probably just as strong as you are. But he's big. You're going to expend a lot of energy. So you need to pick and choose how you're going to go ahead and be in a little bit funky. Whether you're going to snatch him on a bull rush because, yeah, I know he likes to bull rush. I watched the goddamn tape. He's trying to overpower everybody. You don't think he's top heavy? Grab his fucking shoulder pads, take one step back and yank him to the ground when he's top heavy. That's simple. And then when he wants to go up and try to go ahead and do it again, cut his legs out from under him. Make him off balance. Try to act like you're reaching him and you're really not. And then all of a sudden flip your hips and slam him. This is just a few kind of few kind of tricks of the trade that old Romberg might still have in his basket, man. All kinds of things for you. I got I mean, I got hand tricks for you. Shit, I did MMA for like four years, man. You want to do some hand tricks? My guess is those FSU dudes don't have any hand tricks in the books. They're in Tallacrappy. I don't think there's any goddamn MMA in Tallacrappy, is there? We got Jorge Masvidal down here about to fight for USC 244 immediately after your game. You better get your mind right, man. Miami goons. Goon squad in the house. Get it right, man. Figure this thing out. 
Our numbers, not that good against Florida State's numbers. So if you're looking at Florida State's rush defense, it's a little bit better than ours. They're 66 with that big bastard up front that got five sacks and seven and a half tackles for loss. That guy Marvin that I'm talking about, that Gainer and our two guards are going to have a day with. Beat him down. Unfortunately, he's not coming down here to the 90-degree weather. He's going to be up there in Tallacrappie where it might be a little cooler. But beat that son of a bitch down. Everybody take a shot. You're uncovered? Go ahead and take your shot. Let Corey hold him up. You come in and kind of take your shot, ear hole him a little bit. I won't be mad at you. You'll be good. Go ahead and let him know you're around and floating. Floating, floating. Go ahead and help out Zion on the edge. I know DJ and, and Clark, you guys can help each other out quite often. But allow our running backs to get out. Allow our tailbacks to get out. Allow our, our, our tight ends to not have to chip and impede any of their routes. You heard them already talking shit and giving you bulletin board material too as well. I don't know why I keep talking like I'm talking to the players. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't know, man. I feel like it's just like I need to... Deep down in my heart, I promise you, I'm meant to coach. But I just... I got, I got three goddamn kids, man. I can't afford to do that. Not monetarily. I'm just talking about I can't afford to be away from my family that much. But I just... I just... I have so much to tell these young University of Miami Hurricanes to help them become successful. And I think... Deep down in every single one of our former player hearts, that's all we want. That's all we've lived and died on is how successful we were and how much we wanted the next generation to be successful. That's why we keep coming back. That's why we worked out here in the off season. That's why it's called the brotherhood down here. It's because we want nothing but the best for our guys. We're not concerned with your social media. We're not concerned with any kind of videos you might be filming. We're not concerned with any kind of money that you're trying to keep up. All we want you to do is just ball out on the field because deep down we know that if you're taking care of your business on that football field, my guess is you're probably taking care of business in your classroom and you're staying eligible and you're also going to take care of your business in your life. That money's going to come. Your awards and your accolades, they're going to come. They're not going to come if you're doing really, really well and the other 10 guys on the football field ain't doing shit. We saw that already. Wasn't our tight end? Wasn't Brevin leading the nation when it comes to the catches? He didn't get shit, did he? You know why? Because we looked like garbage. There's a reason why we're not winning awards and accolades. is because we are not playing as a team, and we suck when it comes to doing that. We need to build consistency, and it starts with that penalty stuff and cleaning up your play, which I see that it's happening slowly but surely. But yesterday and the day before and the practice before that, that's when we got to start practicing perfect, building from what we did against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it sucked, 16-12. to 12. It is what it is, but I'll take the victory. Again, former players, I'm sending out the bat signal. All we want is success for you as a man and as a football player wearing the U on the side of your helmet because it's special and we want you to understand that it's special and it's an honor to wear that goddamn thing. Keep up the energy. Keep up the will and the want when you're getting into the huddle. Everybody's going to be tired, man. Everybody's going to be tired. But you know what's going to keep you moving and going forward? You whooping the hell out of the man in front of you. That's it. That's all that matters. 
for 60 minutes, man, for three hours, just kicking seven whole ass all afternoon long from 3.30 till 6.30. Brother, can I get a witness, please? And don't worry about it. You know, just like the next generation, 2021, they're going to be getting paid for their likeness. Unfortunately, you missed the boat. Cool, go make money in the league if you played well. If you played well. But start laying the foundation for the next generation. You know what I mean? Make your mark. Leave your footprint. Leave that stank up in Doak Campbell because two years from now, it's going to be a different animal going up there and playing. You know what I mean? So Jaron and Kosey, whoever, whoever's playing, whoever's starting. I know Jaron's going to be starting, but again, everybody's on a short leash right now. Just whatever's going on, keep fighting. Keep grinding. Florida State, they'll quit, man. They'll quit on them. Trust me. With that horrible, shitty-ass backpack, Dory the Explorer thing, to whatever fake jewelry they got going on, whatever gimmick Willie Taggart's trying to put forth to go ahead and help them out, and the bulletin board bullshit material that they keep talking about our defensive backs not doing anything important, playing man coverage. Light a dude up, man. Ivy, you had a good game. Nice comeback game. Russo. Hot damn, Russo. I'm expecting you to do something bad as a mother scruncher. Our defense. Our defense. I need something funky, man. Shaq, Pink, DJ, Roos. Anybody. Step up. Light these fools on fire, man. Our defense is legit. 17th in the country, right? Jump a few spots. This running back, you haven't seen a running back like this kid. Akers, Cam Akers, legit running back. We haven't seen anything like him yet so far this season. I wouldn't be upset. This is the game, like first of all, this is the game that as shady as it might sound, this was the money game, like internal money, locker room money. Like, Almost like bounty gate shit. You know what I mean? If you're getting if you're getting what I'm putting down, if you're picking up what I'm putting down right now, this is like bounty gate shit. Internal bets. This is when it makes it interesting. Pride bets. Up downs, push-ups. Walking back to the huddle, telling telling the guy beside you who you just pancake and who you just lit his ass up. That's the most rewarding payoff ever. That's what I want. I can't handle this anymore. I'm about to lose my shit. I'm trying to keep calm and collected. But it's fucking Florida State semen hole weekend, man. Saturday, ABC, 3.30, Tallacrappie, University of Miami Hurricanes, dominating performance over the Florida State Seminoles. That's all I want for Christmas, Santa Claus. If I had to leave this season off as a success or a failure, it's going to be on this game. This is the game that tells me that the University of Miami and Manny Diaz's culture is taking the next step. This is the game. Because if we do well in this game, or when we do well in this game, we ride out. We ride out. Ball. Plain and simple. Ball. I'm Brett Romberg. This is the Out the Huddle podcast. 
podcast. The fuck is a podcast? Podcast. Out the huddle podcast. I'll be joining you next week after a Florida State victory. It's going to be domination. I, I had a little bit of a back talk. Victory over Florida State, not Florida State victory. You know what the fuck I meant. Anywho, I'll see you guys next week. Out the huddle. Peace.